I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. award-winning filmmaker Rudy Poe in 2012 turned his lens on you and Chris Hempel to document their effort to find a treatment for their twin daughter suffering from a rare lysosomal storage disorder and reform medical research in the process. The film, Hear Us Now, introduced Poe to the world of rare diseases. Now he's in the process of taking a deeper look at the people in the rare disease community in his new film, Always in Hope. We spoke to Poe about his interest in the rare disease world, what he's hoping to accomplish in the new film, and how he's using the internet to find stories and raise money. Rudy, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for, thanks for having me. We're going to discuss your work in progress, Always in Hope, a documentary about life with rare disease. This is actually your second film focused on the world of rare diseases. It, it follows your documentary, Hear Us Now, which followed the Hempel family in their search for a treatment for their twin daughters who have a lysosomal storage disorder known as Neiman-Pick type C. What were you doing before focusing on rare disease? I've made I've been making documentaries for like 25 years, and I, I've made them about all different kinds of subjects. And the interesting thing about documentaries is you you go into them usually not knowing much, if anything, about the subject, and then you come out the other end knowing more than you ever thought you would. And um, that's what happened with the Hempel film. I was commissioned by the Ewing Kaufman Foundation to make that project uh, because of all the innovative things that that uh, Chris and Hugh Hempel were doing to try and save their their daughters. And I, it was a crash course in drug development and everything. I had you know, six months to do it, and it was just me and a small team of people making the project. And it really changed my life as a filmmaker. I, ever since, I've wanted to make another film and always hope it's that project. Well, what did you learn from making Hear Us Now? I learned that it's, you know, the, the whole medical system is, is very slow moving, and, and I know there's good reasons for it. But it's it's uh, for for all these people with uh, with rare diseases, it's a race against time. So, you know, something that takes years and years and years to get through a clinical trial and all that through the FDA and all that, just it, it's not going to be the solution for many of these people. So, um, one of the things I wanted to focus on this time is, you know, where where are the accelerated solutions coming from? Who's doing the breakthrough? stuff to fulfill the hopes and dreams of, of all these people who, who are really looking for solutions. Well, let's take a step back. What exactly is Always in Hope about? Always in Hope, compared to uh, Hear Us Now, which was about one family and their personal personal uh, journey, um, Hear Us Now I wanted to be about the entire community. When I did Hear Us Now, the one of the things that, that came up was that the the rare community is kind of siloed, uh, and I understand why, is because everybody's kind of fighting for their own families and their own diseases and this and that, but it kept, kept coming up that there, there's strength in numbers, and so that's why I wanted to tackle it from a community perspective rather than from a single family perspective. 
In, in talking about the film, you say you're taking a, a unique approach. What, what do you mean by that? What's the unique approach? Well, most of the films I've seen are about a single disease or a single patient or something uh, more the what I call the micro side of the story, um, which happened with the Hempel film as well. They were the micro part of the story, but they're working in the context of the macro, which is the system. And so I haven't seen anything that is really focused on the future of Rare. I mean, we live in this pivotal time with all this technology and exponential growth, etc. And I haven't seen anything that's really focusing on where where that change is going to come from. So I'd like to think that Always in Hope is about the change that is coming down the road. Uh, you're inviting people to join you on this journey. You're you're chronicling the making of this film, not only through film, but in a, in a very real-time, interactive way. Can you explain? Well, one of the things I'd like to do with the film is I don't see it as my story. I see it as the community story. And I've done this in the past on other projects where we solicit content from the community. In the past, it was more of a historical example, so we were doing research, but this is more in the present. So... I'd like to get people to start to submit some of their most personal and private, whether it's diary entries or photographs or home videos, and really make the film from that first-person perspective using those materials. When I did the Hempel film, some of the most moving material was, was the material that they provided to me. I mean, you see that, and that's just it's got truth written all over it. I talk about this film as a journey, but in some ways it quite literally is. My understanding is you're you're planning on doing kind of a cross-country trip to, to film this? Right, and that's why we're, we're doing the Kickstarter campaign, because a lot of these, these people, you know, a lot of people in the community, they can't travel to me, so I want to go travel to them, which adds also the, you know, the perspective of going and seeing exactly firsthand, you know, the challenges and the triumphs and all the different aspects of, of a rare living a rare life. The title Always in Hope comes from the email signature that Nicole Boyce uses. Nicole is the founder and CEO of Global Genes. Why that title? How, how do you see the theme of hope tying the stories in this film together? Well, the, the theme of hope started back with, with Hear Us Now. I was actually watching my own film, you know, some recently, and there is a chapter called Hope, and and it seems to me that that is the one word that permeates all of the conversations I've had from back then to recently. I recently went to Washington, D.C. and interviewed about 20 people and in, in preparation for this to do some social media, um, get some social media content. And that just seems like it's the one thing that is the common thread amongst everybody. They're, they're not just hoping for cures and treatments, but they're hoping for a, a better quality of life. And from what everybody's told me in my interviews is that's what gets them up in the morning a lot of times, you know, and um, it's, it's, it is that one, one common thread. You know, talked about the focusing on, on the future of, of rare disease. Are you talking about that from a therapeutic point of view or, or what? I see a lot of people, uh, and one of the things that's, that's captured my attention lately is, is young adults, for instance, and they they're, they still have, you know, they have their whole lives in front of them, and I see them as being activists and advocates, and that's one aspect of the future. Um, the other is the scientific and the, 
um, technical side of it. So I, I see that a lot of the patients themselves are becoming you know, citizen scientists. They, they're learning more than their own doctors. And so they are part of the future because they're, you know, moving themselves in, in that direction. But then on the other side, you know, they have to work with the people who are also, you know, believing in innovation and working on that every day. Well, the film is also a departure for you in the way you're financing it. A, a moment ago, you mentioned the Kickstarter campaign. You are running a Kickstarter campaign rather than financing this in a more traditional way as you have with your other works. Why did you decide to do it this way? Uh, this is really a, a couple of reasons. This is a, I see this as a community-based product project. So I would really like to engage the community in every way. I, I think that it would be great. But I know that I've funded a couple of Kickstarter projects, and you feel a sense of ownership when you do that. Um, plus, this isn't really a traditional, you know, a commercial venture. I mean, this isn't the kind of thing you go pitch a, a TV executive and, and they jump up and down in their seat. You know, it's not a ratings type of a thing. It's more of a, a true documentary, and true documentaries. Uh, they are uh, works of love and, and, and passion projects. And I've worked on other projects, too, where it sometimes just takes a long time to get that forward, and it's, it's through unique ways of approaching it that you, you get it done. Well, how much are you seeking to raise, and, and how much time do you have to raise it? Um, right now, we're, the, the budget for the Kickstarter is 138000 which is, a bit high for, for most Kickstarter projects, but, you know, it's a real film with a real budget and it requires real resources. So that's, that's what we're after right now. And, um, that should get us all the way through production and into making, uh, getting us into post production and seeing where it goes. A lot, a lot of times a project like this, you don't know exactly what you're doing at the beginning. It's a journey of discovery, so the material kind of leads the way. So that's that's where we're at and trying to get a good start and healthy start towards achieving our goal. And how much time do you have to raise that? We have 23 more days. Um, so not, what is the what is the date deadline? Oh, uh, April 14th is uh, is the end of the campaign. You're soliciting not just money, but stories. What what kinds of stories are you seeking? Uh, well, the stories are already coming in, and um, it's just proof that this is a great concept, I think. I mean, there's just people are submitting on the website their own stories, and they're telling me if they have content to provide, whether it's video or photos or, or whatever. And um, it's they're touching, you know. I mean, there's so many, I couldn't possibly cover them all. Uh, and that's, I think, part of the challenge is how do you find the ones that are kind of iconic and, and uh, representative of the bigger story. But there are just stories coming in. There's one that came in the other day that comes to mind. A uh, uh, young lady, she's, she wants to go. She's been going to the surfing event uh, for the past few years, but the sun is literally deadly for her, and she can't do it. And there's a whole army of people at the NIH and, and elsewhere that are trying to get her to, you know, fulfill this wish. And that, I mean, that talks about the future. That, that's um, people coming together. That's technology. That's all kinds of things. And to fulfill her hope. So I think I thought that was one of the stories that really grabbed my attention the other day. Are there others? Um, there are, actually. I uh, We just brought on a young lady named Shira Strongen. Uh, she's 16 years old. 
and she is a true inspiration. Uh, she's been on your, your rare cast before, and she's an advocate. She calls herself, she's the original sick chick, and she has the sick chick blog, and she started another, uh, endeavor called We Are More, and she's out there trying to get young women to bond together and, 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 and be a community and not, not worry about all the, all the things that are put on her and to be stronger than, than, and she doesn't want to be defined by her disease. And there are many other women out there. And so we brought her on because she's just a good advocate for this and I think can, can bring a lot of positive energy to the project. This is a work in progress. I imagine in some ways this question may be a bit premature, but what are you hoping to accomplish with this film? What, what do you want people who see it to walk away from that experience thinking? Well, first of all, I'd like to have a lot of people see it. Uh, a lot of times projects don't see the light of day. You make a great project and not enough people see them. I think, you know, Here Us Now is one of those examples where it didn't get widespread uh, distribution, um, mostly because there wasn't the resources to put out there to, to get it seen. So I think that the third part of this, there's, there's sort of three phases of this project. One is shooting it, two is putting it all together in post-production, the third is exhibiting it. And I would like to get it out there, to not just to the rare community, but to the rest of the world in general, uh, the other 90% of our population, who doesn't even really know this. I mean, in a way, it's like me three years ago before I started the Hempel Project. I had no idea this was going on. And it really opened my eyes. And I think that if we can bring the awareness, and that will bring advocacy, and that will, that will bring more momentum to helping move, uh, move towards the future. Rudy, before we go, uh, I thought we could do a few plugs. How can people learn more about your film and contribute money or stories if they're interested? Um, we have a Kickstarter campaign, so if you go to kickstarter.com and just search for Always in Hope, that pops right up. Uh, we also have uh, the website, alwaysinhope.com, all one word. And there's, I've been as transparent as I possibly can, all the stories on there, the budgets on there, the schedule, everything that we can that, to, that, we're, that we're doing and, and why we're doing it. Is there a way people can see Hear Us Now, if they'd like to? Uh, right now there's a trailer for it on uh, both my website and the Kickstarter page. And uh, it's in distribution through an educational channel, but off the top of my head I don't know what that is. I have a link to it on my personal Vimeo page, which I don't think I can really tell everybody about that. It's not my project. The Kaufman uh, Foundation owns it. But it's possible to... to um, I would imagine to contact the Ewing Marion Kaufman Foundation in Kansas City, and they would get you a copy. And if people want to follow your progress on the film, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, we're posting stuff every day on on Facebook and on Twitter. The, the it's always always in hope, one word. And I'm actually putting up one of the things that makes this project different is when you usually make a film, you we always say you collect a hundred pounds of stuff to make a ten pound film, and that leaves ninety pounds of stuff left on the floor and in this case, almost all 100 pounds of it is, is usable and moving and emotional material. So I'm posting little excerpts from what we shoot as we go and really trying to bring people along for the journey of making the project. I think that will give people insight to what we're doing and also you know, build our audience as we go. Rudy Poe, a filmmaker who's now working on a documentary, Always in Hope. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. 
Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.